said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. I hope everybody had a nice Christmas and is enjoying time with family and uh, going to be enjoying a little bit of uh, a respite, right? I mean, I think a lot of people are working light hours at the very least. So light hours. I feel... I feel for some of those people that have to go out and work a hard day, um, especially in the hospitality business uh, these days. But, um, you know, uh, uh, New Year's is right around the corner now. Now that, you know, we're between the Christmas and New Year's cycle. That's uh, interesting in and of itself. A lot of of gym memberships being purchased. (laughs) A lot of... uh, you know, goals being set. So we'll see what happens. But um, uh, today, we're going to have a fun show today. Uh, It's going to be a little bit fun, interesting. We're going to get into culture quite a bit today. Uh, Culture and wokeness. Culture and woke. Culture woke. It's pretty much the same thing, really. You know, and I've been posting a lot of these... um, Interesting little video vignettes of these gotcha moments with these woke individuals. Just to illustrate how common it is, but also to share with you that that they're not making any sense. That the rhetoric that you see play out in the parades associated with with um, the Palestinians, for example, the Hamas-Palestinian support, queers for Hamas, that kind of BS. It's just so stupid, right? But, you know, and then I heard Vivek, Vivek, um, he was on Charlemagne the God or uh, Breakfast Club or something like that. My God, you should have seen the way they treated him. 
And then you like pay attention to the way they treated Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden. And they just missed, totally beat him around. And all he was saying was he's not a big fan of equity. It didn't work out so well. But he was also saying in another interview, I believe, or maybe it was the same interview, but he was saying something to the effect um, that he thinks that there should be a civil exam. Like if you, you know, if you now you you don't need a license to vote. You have a right to vote. Okay, so I understand the the I I understand the legal context there. But shouldn't it be though that if you're going to vote, you should at least know like how many states there are, or or who the founding fathers were, or or something like that. Shouldn't you have to brush up a little bit on your history? Because what's happening in our education is there's not so much an education anymore. It's it's more of like an indoctrination. You got the um, CRT program. You got the 1619 uh, project. You got uh, Juneteenth as a holiday now. I mean, it's insane. You know, all this crap and these two different educational systems that's great if you're two different countries you know like in uh cutter or in uh the in 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 gaza strip or west bank they teach people that jewish people are awful and you should hate them at an early age in fact you should shoot them and kill them you know, good thing. You'll get rewarded. Uh, 25,000 angels will, you know, surround you uh, when you're a martyr. You know, I mean, it's all kinds of crazy stuff. And that's why you just see this weird mentality. And you know, you know Bar- Barack Obama went to the school in Indonesia. I mean, he, he saw firsthand how you can indoctrinate children as a child. He was probably indoctrinated himself. I don't think there's any question about it. To hate West culture and to be a racist like he is, Barack Obama. I I don't know what provoked him to be, you know, of a certain sexual persuasion or whatever, but the thing is, is that everybody is shaped differently. And, and the one thing I think I probably misunderstood the most is I I think I did. I think I really misunderstood this, is how the child's mind in the early years of grooming and and raising a child, how that affects them in their older self. Because... I always feel like I've been the same way and I always felt like I beat to my own drum and I always felt like I wasn't manipulated or affected in any any way and that if I was, I'd still come out the same. I, I, I think I had a stronger mind that way. It's like I didn't follow, I wasn't a follower and I didn't follow stereotypes. I remember in college being a conservative and every one of my friends, everybody around me was some sort of liberal. 
And they say, do you believe in this? And I say, yeah. And they believe in that? And they'd say, yeah. And they say, well, you're a liberal then. You're a liberal. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm a conservative. <laughs> I support Reagan. And back in the day, you know, Reagan was president, right? And they were like, why are you, do you like Reagan? I say, leadership. There's more to being a president than just, you know, little little issues like that. You know, like uh, I was opposed to capital punishment, for example. It's like, if you're opposed to capital punishment, you should be a liberal. It's like, no, you you could be a, opposed to capital punishment and still be a conservative, you know. Um, and you're not going to change my mind um, because, it, you know, unless I change my own mind or unless you give me a good logical explanation or give me some data that I don't know about. But generally, when I have an opinion, it's based on data. So I don't know. I I don't understand the power of indoctrination and psyops and MK Ultra and all that stuff. I honestly I don't understand any of that. And I never thought it was really possible. But then I read about Hitler, and I I wondered how is it that. Hitler won all over all those people and all those people bought into all that stuff. I said, that could probably never happen again. We have too structured of an education system. We have, we're too good a people. To, to, we're too smart. We're too evolved to be that. But then I realized, nope. You look around at all my liberal friends and they st- still, no matter what, Reverend Wright said, uh, you know, God bless America, goddamn America, you know, all that stuff, Obama's preacher. No matter what was said, they were just like, Obama. We love Obama. He gave the Cairo speech. You know, he messed things up in the Middle East. I mean, he sided with the Muslim Brotherhood. He loves uh, Turkey's Erdogan, the guy that single-handedly ran Turkey into the ground and put it, made it a third-world country again. I mean, that's Obama. Obama started all this divisiveness, all this equity BS, okay? He did. And I thought, okay, he's gone. No, he's still like the Pied Piper playing the flute and all these libertards are following him. And it just doesn't make any sense to me. How could you be that much of a sheep? How could you be that much of a follower? How could you be that much of a group thinker? Can't you think outside the box? I mean, really, Don Lemon and Rachel Maddow are your guides? Are your shepherds? Are you kidding me? So it just never made any sense to me. But the reality is kicking in. And they all believe, they all worship at the altar of Klaus Schwab and company. They all believe that Bill Gates and Fauci should be heroes with medals on their chests. I mean, it's incredible the amount of disinformation, misinformation, misguidedness, and not being able to see the agenda before you. The globalist agenda that's actually going for total world domination. A new world order, one world governance, unelected by any people. I mean, they would like to trade in the Constitution for that. Most country, most people are leaving those worlds 
to come to America. But they're walking into a trap right now because America is becoming part of that world. And it's going to be this vicious cycle like you're a hamster running on a spinning wheel, thinking you're getting somewhere and you're going nowhere. You're going to the same rat trap that you came from if, if we allow this to happen. There will be no safe haven. We must do better. So I have a bunch of fun clips. I know that didn't sound like a lot of fun. I know. But we're going to start having fun. All right? I got a whole bunch of these little vignettes. I put them together. I was just playing around. I sort of caught into a vein. Literally, it was not scientific. It was just like I caught into a vein and all these great video, little video vignette memes. And I said, when it's the light news cycle, like around Christmas, I want to go ahead and play these. And boom, I just uh, started going, drilling them down. And I was like, oh, I love that one. Oh, I love that one. I'm going to share that with my audience. And here I am, making good on my promise. All right. So um, we're going to talk about each one of these as they as we play them. Um, don't think I'm getting lazy on the job. I could talk your ears off if I wanted to. But these are so good that I, I really did want to share them with you. Okay? All right. So let's take a listen. This is, the, this is perhaps my favorite one. Now, what we're going to hear is we're going to hear... Ted Cruz talking to um, this woke <laughs> uh, woke DEI uh, affirmative action hire in the Biden administration and somehow or, or at a university wherever and same thing and um, and what it is is this person is destroying women's athletics overnight right this is all about women's athletics. But when they can't, you know, give a straight answer, this person has like a nose ring and you could pull a, pull this person by a leash by their nose ring, you know. Um, but, and somehow they have a PhD, I think as well, <laughs> you know. But they can't tell you what a woman is, right? They can't do that. So next thing you know, um, Ted Cruz sets this up perfectly. Because he knows the answer he's going to get. Because he's a great litigator, great debater. He knows the answer. Ted Cruz knows the answer he's going to get. It's the second question that he asks that's the most brilliant question I've ever heard on this subject. It's, if you can't define a woman, and if women can do everything men can do, and if there's no difference in between men and women physically and biologically and this and that, okay, like you suggest, then let me ask you another question. Why are there women's sports? Why? Why do you even have women's sports? Why did, was that ever invented? And they, they couldn't answer that question either which tells you everything you want to know. Because the answer, obviously, is if there was just one sport, basketball, and women and men can, can play, how many women do you think would be in the NBA right now? So that would disenfranchise women's opportunity to win, to lose, to experience 
you know, uh, victory and defeat, right? But to uh, challenge, to push yourself, you know, to uh, get scholarships, uh, to travel, and do something you love other than intramural sports. You'd be relegated to intramural. There would be no sanctioning body where you could compete on a world stage against people from other countries like the men do. Right? Or other schools like the men do. So women would be disenfranchised from that whole learning experience, that whole personal growth experience of winning and losing, learning how to lose, learning how to win, learning what it takes to work hard to achieve a goal, whether it's a time or a medal, you name it. There wouldn't be any motivation. So, I mean, obviously, it's obvious. It doesn't take a rocket science scientist to figure it out. But apparently, this PhD with a nose ring uh, diversity hire can't. But yet... She's making six figures. Go figure. Ms. Robinson, do you agree with Ms. Gaines that there's a difference between women and men? If the question is about trans women... I'm just asking, is there a difference between women and men? What I can say here is that the NCAA has rules in place. They've had rules in place for the last decade, and when this competition... Okay, okay, I'm I'm going to try again. The rules were clear. Do you believe there's a difference between women and men? It's a yes-no question. Do you believe there's a difference? Oh, I think that we're talking about this case with the NCAA. No, I'm asking a question. Do you believe there's a difference between women and men? Most people could answer this very simply. I'm curious if you're willing to do so. Oh, absolutely. I'm just putting it into the context. Of is the that conversation a yes? that we're having, I think that there are definitions related is, is, to sex. Is that a yes? So I'm that trying to get a yes or no. I'm not trying to get get a speech. Oh, I, is I'm, there a difference between women and men? I think that there are definitions for biological sex. Okay, so you're not answering that. Let me gender. ask you this question then: Why do women's sports exist? If you can't define a difference between women and men, why not abolish women's sports and just tell little girls to swim with little boys and see who wins? Oh, I'm simply saying that um, that sex My is question, different than gender. Why and I do, do believe why that women's, do women's sports, sports have a great exist? value? I mean, Senator, I'll M- tell you M- right Ms. now. Ms. Robinson, please answer the question I'm asking you. Absolutely. Why? do women's sports exist? I think that there are so many positive benefits to sports. But I mean, why have a separate category for women? If, if, you, if there's no difference between women and men, why to have women's sports? Ms. Robin? I thought that was the most brilliant exchange ever on that subject. Period. End of story. That is the argument, folks. And in part, the reason why I'm playing these clips, I'm going to start playing, playing these clips, today is because I think it helps all of us make a better argument when we're at the Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, Easter dinners, and just ask simple level-headed questions. Because I think that the question and the response tells you everything you want to know. So, oh, we, uh, we actually have a caller. We're going to go ahead and take a caller today. Um, but we don't have a lot of time for a lot of calls. But, uh, caller, you're on the air. All right, a couple quick things. One is that uh, if, if they're premise on that they're equal, then there should be no such thing as rape. If a guy is six foot <laughs> tall and a woman's six foot tall, 
there should be no such thing as rape because they're equal. I mean, if the guy's six foot and the woman's five foot, that's okay. a little different issue, well, right? Well, I mean, so, people can get raped at gunpoint or by knife, so. Well, I, I know, but I, that, yeah, that's I, not, I, I'm not agreeing with what I just said. It's just such a yeah. ridiculous premise. That, yeah, no, that, I thought that Ted Cruz's point of if you think that women are, and men are equal and the there's no difference between, you know, then then why do we even have women's sports in the first place? Why don't we just throw them all into a, a into a pool and have them swim the fastest, right? Right, right. Yeah. So I thought that then, was the best uh, argument. Uh, yeah, thank you. But thank you for calling in. You bet. You bet. All right. Take care. You bet. All right. Um, all right. So we're going to we're going to go to the next one. I don't. I, I, oh, this one's a good one, too. All right, so aren't you tired of going to the store and saying, plastic or paper, right? Plastic or paper. And if you go paper, it's free. And if you go plastic, it's going to cost you like five cents a bag or something. I mean, for those those stupid little bags, are you kidding me? It's crazy. It's all about, you know, again... They used COVID to fulfill an agenda. They use climate and they use environment to fulfill other agendas to save a buck. So it's insane, but you got to listen to this for it to be totally, you know, this again will help you make your argument about the nonsense and the hypocrisy of plastic. Oops. Okay, let's see. The groceries. Okay. You want to have as much? Right here. So let me get this straight. I can go to the grocery store and buy a pound of sliced ham in a plastic bag, a loaf of bread in a plastic bag, a gallon of milk in a plastic jug, a pack of napkins in plastic wrap, a store-made salad in a plastic tub, plastic bottles with ketchup or mustard, but they won't give me a plastic bag to carry it home in because the plastic bag is bad for the environment. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, come on, give me a break. You can't, you can't, uh, that is just unbelievable, right? I love that. I love it. All right. Here's another environmental uh, uh, thing, Interest, interesting uh, exchange. I think this is uh, with one of the whistleblowers from Twitter, uh, Selensberger or something like that. Uh, let's take a listen. Well, yeah, hold on. Uh, I, I'm dealing with a different system altogether, um, but let's listen. Like, what's one simple thing I can do? Please stop recycling your plastic. 90% of that never goes and gets recycled because it's not profitable. It's cheaper to just use the, uh, the waste byproduct from the petrochemical industry to make these, throw these in the trash, please. What happens is the recycling companies don't recycle it and they ship it to poor countries. And then guess what happens? It goes into the rivers and then it goes into the oceans and you get an ocean plastic waste crisis. Everyone always wants to know what the environment, like what's one simple thing I can do? Please stop recycling your plastic. Stop recycling your plastic. Here's what he says, again, in case you missed it. 
90% of that never goes and gets recycled because it's not profitable. It's cheaper to just use the, uh, the waste byproduct from the petrochemical industry to make these, throw these in the trash, please. What happens is the recycling companies don't recycle it and they ship it to poor countries and then guess what happens? It goes into the rivers and then it goes into the oceans and you get an ocean plastic waste crisis. That's uh, that 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 is a I, <clears throat> I'm drawing a blank on his name, but that is one of the guy, uh, journalists that was part of the Twitter files. Not Matt Talibi, but the other guy, Sellensberger or something like that, Schellingsberger. But um, in any case, he's a totally legit investigative journalist. That guy that was just speaking. All right, so we're gonna play another one. Um, what is a woman? Okay, this is another great question. This is an exchange by Charlie Kirk, and uh, you'll have to hear it. It's pretty good. A woman is someone who identifies as one. Answer the yes. question without saying the word woman. You can't say the word woman. That's, that's called circular reasoning. It's like saying a tree is something that looks like a tree. So I'll ask again, what is a woman? A woman is a person who lives a lifestyle aligned with feminine characteristics, not necessarily your chromosomes or your genitals. So, so someone who just wears a dress. So what you are doing is you are reducing womanhood to a costume. What is a woman? <laughs> I, love, a woman- I, I love that. That's, that's exactly what Dylan Mulvaney is doing, right? Like the worst stereotype blackface you could ever come up with. I mean, is that what you really think a woman is? Someone who, you know, uh, wraps their whole head around lipstick and a dress and shoes? And, uh, I mean, there's so much more to being a woman. Uh, It's so insulting to women. And yet women support this trans movement. A lot of them. It's sort of like queers for Hamas. It doesn't make any sense. It's garbage mentality and they complain about blackface Justin Trudeau's the biggest blackface wearer on the planet he's done it like 18 times because he thinks he's so superior I guess and he's who knows all right if I say a man is a man and a woman is a woman, blah, 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 um, this is Ben Shapiro, right? Let's take a listen. Well, all right, I'm going to do this one more time. I, I'm working with a little bit of a mechanism that uh, I'm not familiar with. Transphobic? That's not discrimination, that's disagreement. If they say that's discrimination, they're overly applying well, I, their well, own Well, I think when you say, like, they're mentally ill, like, that well, gives off... Tra- I have that. said, and I will continue to maintain, mm-hmm. that gender dysphoria or gender identity disorder, whichever DSM you choose to use, is a mental illness. Mm-hmm. That is... And that... And again, and again... God forbid that it should be said with any animus because this is not said with animus. When people are suffering, they're clearly folks who are suffering. When people are suffering, you shouldn't be saying stuff with animus. I'm not saying that as a gotcha to people who are transgender. The point that I'm making is that when a society begins treating folks who have mental illness as though they are representing an objective reality, they are doing no service to the people who actually suffer from a mental illness. If I... Right. 
Okay. Say a man is a man and a woman is a woman is inherently transphobic. That's not discrimination. That's disagreement. If they say- right. So, so the point that he's making, I love the fact that he said, by saying what I'm saying, I, I mean no animus toward it. I, I'm not trying to put people down here. I am not doing anything like that. I, I feel for these people who are, who are confused and mentally disturbed or mentally ill. I do, and, and I do too, personally, and Ben Shapiro is saying that too. But what he's really saying is to feed them, like to, to, to appease them and tell them, yeah, play along with their dysphoria is, to, is not to serve them in any positive way. Um, at some point, you know, if you have a child that believes in Santa Claus because you wanted them to for the first three or four years of their life, at some point after you tell them that Santa doesn't exist and they're 42 years old and they really truly believe Santa exists, you might want to get that, you know, that, that relative checked out right, if you love them, right? Um, I don't know. It's, a, it's that kind of thing, though. Um, See, that's discrimination. I'm going to listen to the rest of that again. I, well, I think when you say like they're mentally ill, like that, well, right. gives off. Yeah. I have said, and I will continue to maintain, mm-hmm. that gender dysphoria or gender identity disorder, whichever DSM you choose to use, is a mental illness. Mm-hmm. That is, and that, and again, and again. God forbid that it should be said with any animus because this is not said with animus. When people are suffering, these are clearly folks who are suffering. When people are suffering, you shouldn't be saying stuff with animus. I'm not saying that as a gotcha to people who are transgender. The point that I'm making is that when a society begins treating folks who have mental illness as though they are representing an objective reality, they are doing no service to the people who actually suffer from a mental illness. Yeah, that, that, that's so well said. Um, you know, bingo. All right, so we got uh, we got a bunch of these. Um, all right, so I'm going to go to the next one. Uh, okay, I'm I'm not sure exactly what this one is. It's about it's all about equality until it comes to uh, hard labor. Oh yeah, this is great. All right, so what this one's about is why are there why are there 99 percent male plumbers? And he's talking to a feminist that wants everything equity, right? Fifty fifty. Okay. All right. We're going to get this right uh, without making too many mistakes. 9.9% of bricklayers 99.9%. Should we have quotas for women? Is bricklaying representative democracy? All right. We're going to start that up again. 99.9% of bricklayers are men. Should we have quotas for women? Is bricklaying representative democracy? That has nothing to do with the question. The question is if there's evidence of structural inequality and oppression because women aren't precisely represented at 50% in all professions at all levels, then why don't we have a conversation about having women represented in all professions at all levels? Why do we talk about the C-suite, for example? Why do we talk about politics and positions of power? Why don't we talk about it across the board? Okay, so let's just pause and... uh, Yeah, but that's because it's power. You you pose a question to Terry Butler, uh, Mm -hmm. go ahead and answer it, then we'll hear from the other panelists. His question to me. Well, yeah. If about like, bricklayers. If, if you'd like to answer the question about bricklayers. There's nothing wrong with bricklayers. Why there are no of quotas? Of <laughs> So that's a brilliant question because they, they, they want 
equity when it comes to positions of power. But they don't want equity. They don't care about equity when it comes to hard labor. Think about it. Nobody gives a crap about people who are working hard every day with their hands. Nobody cares about them. The only thing that they care about is, hey, you're driving a truck. That ought to be electric. You know, I mean, give me a break. They pick on you. And now they want you to pay for their education. Oh, it's frustrating, the world we're living in right now today. It's ridiculous as well. So just so we're clear, the problem with sustainable energy is this is about the renewable energy scam. And scale the issue. Each electric vehicle battery for a heavy duty truck weighs 8,000 pounds and you need at least two of them. So we're talking the weight of, you know, four or five cars. And our, my friends and peers in the industry nationwide who have tried to make efforts to put in, say, hey, I'm going to convert a dozen forklifts to electric, or I want to tee up a facility for 30 electric trucks. There's no power. The utilities come back, the cities come back and say, is this some kind of joke? One friend tried to put in an Illinois facility, tee it up for 30 trucks electrification. The city came back and said, this is some kind of joke. You're asking for more draw than the entire city requires. And just to give you an idea, 30, 50 trucks, that's like a five, six megawatt application. The factory that makes the trucks is a two megawatt factory. Just so we're clear. Uh, so it, it will never happen. Electric is a scam. Period. All right. So this one is another Charlie Kirk. And uh, let's just take a listen to this. Where do we... Where? The cobalt to make the batteries, and what do we do with them? So, Where, like where do we get the cobalt to make the batteries, and what do we do with them? Arguments about this mining argument, right? Like, No, I'm not making... I'm asking a question, dude. Like, where, where do we get it from? It's a, it's a straw man, because you're Answer just... Answer the question. No, I am answering questions. So you're arguing about this renewable energy... I've asked a question. I'm not making an argument. You can't answer the question, because deep down you know that cobalt-powered batteries are worse for the environment than liquid and natural gas and nuclear power. So you come up on here to try to virtue signal, I love the environment, but as soon as you ask me about the incredibly environmentally inefficient, destructive, animal-killing, acidic-producing batteries, you're a strong man. You're out of time. Thanks for being here tonight. <laughs> How do you like me now? <laughs> right? All right. Got another Ted Cruz breaking news. Let's see. Ted Cruz explodes on top FBI official over Biden bribery scheme. All right, let's take a listen. This sounds pretty good. Yes, you have a 1023. Do you have the 17 recordings? Yes or no? I'm not going to get further into that. So you're stonewalling. You can't say I'm not refusing to answer your question, but I won't answer your question. I'm going to answer within the parameters that we operate in. That's the problem. The FBI has right now an unlimited hubris that you believe you are unaccountable. You don't believe you're accountable to the United States Congress, and you don't believe you're accountable to the American people. 
and you are doing damage. The FBI is a great institution. When I go home to Texas, people ask me, should we abolish the FBI? Now, I tell them no, because you have heroes and patriots working for you that are catching child predators, that are catching terrorists. But you're sitting there happily erecting a wall to protect Joe Biden. Will you provide to this committee, not the House, the Senate Judiciary Committee, will you provide the FD 1023 and will you provide the 17 recordings so we can assess what is the evidence, the specific credible evidence that Joe Biden personally took a $5 million bribe from a foreign national? Senator, we will work with this committee, you and other members, to provide uh, the information within the parameters of the process. Will you provide the FD 1023, yes or no? I will take that back, and we will work with our So you're not answering that. Will you provide the 17 recordings? So, yes, you have a 1023. Do you have the 17 recordings? Yeah, I mean, the FBI is just a criminal organization. Simple. Um, Bill Gates, this is, this is really great that he admit, admits it. Um, but he's like, yeah, I probably have one of the highest greenhouse gas footprints of anyone on the planet messenger on this because you fly private planes a lot and you're creating a lot of greenhouse gases yourself yeah i probably have one of the highest greenhouse gas footprints of anyone on the planet you know my my kind of personal flying uh alone is gigantic you- <laughs> he's such a buffoon bill gates good grief um here we go so professor bridges uh this is a good one. Um, says trans men can be pregnant. <laughs> Let's take a listen to this one. See how this one goes. You've used a phrase. I want to make sure I understand what you mean by it. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. Would that be women? <laughs> Many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. Um, there are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy, as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. Now, this is a PhD with three nose rings in her nose. <laughs> and, and she's got these eyes, like bug eyes. She's about as dumb as a rock, but she thinks she's the smartest person in the room. You know, she's that person. But this isn't really a women's rights issue. It's a, it's, we can it's recognize a that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. Oh, so your view is, is that the core of this, this right then is about what? So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic, <laughs> um, and it opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing that. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I'm one, I want to note that one out of five transgender uh, persons have attempted suicide. So I think it's important because of my line of questioning because we can't talk about it because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist. I'm denying that trans people exist by asking you you if you're talking about women having pregnancies. Do you believe that uh, men can get pregnant? No, I don't think (laughs) so. You are denying that trans people exist. And that leads to violence. Is this how you run your classroom? Are students allowed to question you or are they also treated like this? No, no, no. They're they're told that they're opening up people to violence. Uh, Professor Bruce. You see how they try to shut down a, a, a debate through this victimization? Um, it's so typical. 
And you listen to that and you really know what you're up against. This is what's going on all around us. All the time. On media. In our universities. In every show that you watch. In Hollywood. And most of the people that we're talking about are on that uh, Epstein Black book list that actually, after my last show came out, and, well, it came out, I had a source in Geneva that uh, got me an early list. And it didn't really look that different than what we already knew. So it wasn't really that newsworthy. Um, But still... It's interesting. Now the, the, the media will sweep it under the rug, of course. All right, so here is Joe Rogan on Donald Trump's stance on Ukraine and why Donald Trump is kicking butt right now and winning. I can't, I, 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 get, I get a laugh every time I see Fox News now, you know, changing horses from DeSantimonious to, um, to uh, Nikki Haley. Uh, the the absolute bought and paid for globalist uh, candidate, but it's kind of funny to see how they're grooming that rigging. Uh, I'm still looking forward to the Supreme Court weighing in on the Colorado uh, ballot decision. Vivek pulled himself from the ballot in Colorado and solidarity with Trump. Um, none of the other candidates did because they're spineless. Anyway, let's take a listen to t- Joe Rogan and what, you know, talking about Donald Trump, talking about Ukraine. Oh. He said, do you not want Ukraine to win? Do you want Russia to win? He goes, no, I want people to stop dying. Yeah. Can you say if you want Ukraine or Russia to win this war? I want everybody to stop dying. They're dying. Russians and Ukrainians. I want them to stop dying. And I'll have that done. I'll have that done in 24 hours. I'll have it done. You need the power of the presidency to do it. But you but won't say that you want Ukraine to win. You, you know what I'll you say? In, I'll say this. Office. I want Europe to put up more. Did you see that? In- so, you know, here's the thing about that. Donald Trump was right on an earlier, you know, a year ago, two years ago. He said this all could have been avoided easily before it started. It's worse because it started the Ukraine-Russia conflict, which was very predictable. Um, you know, Morsheimer, uh, this guy, look him up, predicted this outcome in 2015 uh, on a lecture. But, um, I mean, it wasn't rocket science. NATO aggression, NATO expansion, um, ISIS, you know, running uh, bioweapons and oil into Europe and into Ukraine in exchange for weapons sent to Ukraine that found its way into the Middle East. And this whole, you know, black market thing that was getting a lot of politicians' palms greased and people like Mitt Romney and Kofor Black, super rich. Um, You know, the thing is, that's why Mitt Romney hated Trump. Everybody who hates Trump doesn't really hate Trump. They hate the fact that Trump didn't get the memo on the black market shady deals that put America last and sold out America because everything that they did was agitating to Russia. So they decided that they would go ahead and make Russia enemy number one. Why? 
Because Russia is number one in natural gas. And they have huge oil deposits that are great for Europe. And what Trump wanted to do was bring Russia into G7 and make it a G8. And bring Russia into the fold of allies and benefit from Russia. But if that were the case, then that would have hurt the Middle East business. Because a lot of the Middle East business was Europe. So the Middle East would have struggled. You know, I mean, it's all about capitalism, which they say they hate. And rightful, you know, they do. They hate capitalism because they can't compete. And so they didn't want capitalism. They promote socialism, equity. They wanted to pick the winners and losers, just like when Obama would pick winners and losers in the name of equity. Just like Biden wants to pick young students and give you, give them your money to pay for their college tuition, right? Every time they do stuff like that, it's a part of that. Let's take a listen to another uh, quick little clip. Food for thought. Let's take a listen. Remember they called Donald Trump a fascist? They called Hitler a fascist? So Hitler was not a fascist. Hitler was a socialist. It's in the name. Nazi stands for National Socialist. They called him a fascist because they want to paint him as right-wing. And they've decided that fascist is right-wing. But it's not. Fascism is a left-wing ideology. So socialism is communism without the bloody revolution. But the end goal of socialism is always communism. Fascism is not the government owns the property. You still own the property, but the government controls everything that you can do with the property. Which is effectively the government owning the property. And we put the Nazis on trial. And the commies sat in judgment over the Nazis. They came out smelling like roses, even though they murdered a lot more people than the Nazis ever did. Ayn Rand says all these isms are kind of bullshit, right? It's the individualist versus collectivist. Collectivists are communist, fascists. They're all there to lie to you and steal your stuff. You remember they... Bingo. I mean, you know, so anti, anti, Antifa, anti-fascist, they, they are the fascists. They're the ones that support bigger government. It's not the Trump Trumpians. This one was great, too. This was... I played this one for you all before. Well, let's take a listen to this one. Righty. Dominant narrative in America is white people are evil, white people suck, we should be ashamed of ourselves. And I don't think we, we should are... be ashamed of ourselves. I think that we should take responsibility for the system that we've created. The best system in the world? We do not have the best system Who in the world. Who has a better system? <laughs> there are many European countries that have are much better off. Oh, than you us. mean like the European countries with a higher density of whites, like Northern Europe? <laughs> Uh, that's one way to phrase it, I guess. You don't mean Turkey. No. <laughs> you don't mean Eastern Europe no. with the communists. So the only time you can come up with a system that's better than America, it's a country that's more white than America. <laughs> the, the person, the, the, the student was speechless. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, okay. So this is a great one. This is... Uh, about electric cars, good for the environment, right? And this is an Arab with a wearing a mask talking to a scientist or some academic. And so, you know, he's got the whole headdress on with the ring around his head and the whole thing. And he's speaking perfect English. And he asks this great question because the Arabs don't play around. They don't mince words. 
They do not mince words. And so they don't pl- get bought up into the political correctness that we do because they're not afraid of anything. They're richer than Midas. Let's take a listen. Put in the batteries. What's lithium. in the battery? Okay. Lithium. You get the lithium. You get it by mining. Okay. What do you use to mine the lithium? You use heavy equipment machineries. The amount of money and the amount of energy being used to make a lithium battery, it's more dangerous for the environment than a fuel, you know, internal combustion engine. What do you put in the batteries? So it's true, right? This is a guy that knows the oil business, knows how it's produced. All right, so there might be a slight curse word in this one, but this is a great question. This woman, this this street woman was stumped. Um, Can you name any rights men have today that women don't? Let's take a listen. Uh, Let's see. Men have today that women don't? Any rights that men have that women do not? Any... Wow, that's Rights a good that one. Rights that men have that women do not know. No. So then what laws are feminists fighting for? Oh, Shit, that's a that's, good one. That's a good Shit, one. that's a good one. Oh, man. Can you name... That one. You got me on that You got me on that one, dude. All right. Let's take a listen to Patrick Hall. Uh, <laughs> I forgot his first name. Holly. Senator Holly. All right. 54% of electric vehicles made globally. Josh, I, I don't, you don't know? I don't know about that number. I know that... The answer, the is, chi- the answer is China. Where is and the, the critical... Is, well, wait, wait, wait hold on a minute. Here. Hold on a minute. Where is 73% of cobalt refining, where does it take place globally? Overseas. Where specifically? Probably China. Yeah, China. Where is most cobalt mining performed? Who owns most of the cobalt, cobalt mines in the world? Probably most of that sourcing is in Africa. China has the majority. 77% of electric vehicle cathodes are made in China. 92% of anodes are made in China. 66% of battery cells are assembled in China. The New York Times recently did a report on this. The New York Times is not a notably right-wing publication. They said, can the world make an electric car battery without China? Their conclusion, the only winner so far is China. My question is, why would we want to make our auto industry dependent on supply chains in China. Why is that a good idea? We don't. Then why are you doing it? The entire point of this conversation, the entire point of this hearing, is to domesticate and make more reliable the sourcing of the materials. To then why are, you shutting, why are you shutting down critical mining in the United States? We're not. You are. Why did you close the Twin Metals mine in this country earlier this year? 225,000 acres in Minnesota. Where are 50? Right? I mean, they say they're not, but they're doing everything, you know, like closing the Keystone Pipeline. What was the benefit of that? Huh? But virtue signaling to your left-wing base to say you accomplished something. That's, a, that's all the reason why Biden signed that off. It's insane. All right, Nancy, um, uh, uh, Senator Mace from South Carolina. All right, here. School. I did not go to medical school. I'm sorry? I did not go to medical school. That's what I thought. Why do you think you or anyone else at Twitter had the medical expertise to censor a doctor's expert opinion? 
Our policies regarding COVID were designed to protect individuals. We were seeing you guys censored Harvard-educated doctors, Stanford-educated doctors, doctors that are educated in the best places in the world, and you silenced those voices. Did the U.S. government ever contact you or anyone at Twitter to pressure Twitter to moderate or censor certain tweets? Yes or no? We receive legal demands to remove content from the platform from the U.S. government and governments all around the world. Thank God for Matt Taibbi. Thank God for Elon Musk for allowing to show us in the world that Twitter was basically a subsidiary of the FBI. Where the FBI should just... They should just disappear at this point. Again, more propaganda uh, being called out by a congressman uh, related to the climate scam. Ask you, what percentage of the atmosphere is CO2? What percentage of the atmosphere is CO2? I don't have that calculation for you, sir. Maybe uh, you could tell us what your personal... Uh, a guess is on what percentage of the CO2. I, I don't make those guesses, sir. You're the head of the EPA and you don't know. You've based, you have all of these laws based on all of it. Oh, you're going to get your staffer to tell you now. But you're the head of the EPA and you did not know well, what the, what percentage, and, and now you are basing policies that impact dramatically on the American people and you didn't even know the what the content of CO2 in the atmosphere was which is the justification for the very policies you're talking about no that, well, that thank you. I, if you I, if I, you're I, asking me how much CO2 is is in the atmosphere not a percentage but how much we have just reached no, levels was, of 400 parts per I million think I was very clear what I was asking I was very clear you didn't know let me ask you if uh, CO2, from what I have understand, uh, is only one-tenth, uh, or excuse me, one-half of one-tenth of one percent of the atmosphere. Uh, and you believe that this minimal, tiny element, and by the way, only 10 percent of that, from what I understand. Let me ask you. I mean, it's, it's, what it's, percentage it, of it's the- crazy, crazy town, right? Ah. Yeah, we have one more. I'm going to see if I can squeeze this one in. Let's see if I can. Let's see. Insight into why Joe Biden was paid almost a million dollars by you. Oh, this one takes this one does take a little longer. Um, all right. So we're going to we have a whole we have some more stuff that we're going to be playing for you tomorrow. Uh, we're going to be doing shows all through the break uh, between Christmas and New Year. So stay tuned. <laughs> And I want to thank everybody for tuning into the Scott Adams Show. Be sure to check out magapack.org. Make a donation if you can, if you like to keep the Scott Adams Show commercial free. And if you're going to go over to mypillow.com, use Red State as your promo code. And with that, we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye bye, everybody. Grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.